and snap your fingers at me. Good morning. Am I wrong? Hmm? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Am I on? Hallelujah. There we go. Hallelujah. Good morning and welcome to Open Altar Worship Center. We welcome you again and again. And you are always welcome to join us. For those of you who are watching on social media, God has provided as Revelations 4 and 11. I love that scripture. For God has created all things and by him all things are and were created. So we know that some people are, uh, are uh, how can I say, they're stuck inside today. Uh, we know some worked last night. And, you know, if it's just not safe for you to be on the road, then don't come out. Uh, we know there's some inclement weather and uh, you don't feel safe. Don't risk it. You know, turn on the TV or excuse me, turn on your your device, your computer and watch us. We know it's not the same as you being here, but we love you just the same. We want you safe until it's safe for you to come out and join us. But whenever you're, you're able, come on out here and join us. 4992 Euclid Road in Virginia Beach, Virginia. God is doing marvelous things. God is connecting people because we have been forced out of these four walls because of the pandemic. And we were just talking a few minutes ago that businesses are thriving because of the pandemic. God is causing our minds to uh, open up and create new ideas. And businesses are thriving where some are shut down. And it's causing us to think and to come out of the four walls. So it's time for the church to step up, step up and step out and find new ways to reach people. So now God has blessed us. Um, in tremendous ways and we're looking ways to reach you and if you want to be a part of this reach out to us find us on the web open altar worship center here in virginia beach virginia we would love to reach out to you and connect with you and and bless you in whatever way we can we not we may not be able to help everyone but we want to try to at least help you if it's nothing more than just answering a prayer or connecting with you in prayer. Amen. I'm Pastor Robert. My beautiful bride is Pastor Wendy, and we would love to connect with you. So we're not going to wait any longer. We want to go straight before the throne of grace and hear what God has to say on today, this first day of August, 2021. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you. you we honor you on today again holy spirit we thank you for being present here on today we thank you for those who have come through um 
over the highways, Lord, for the angels of God that have camped round about them. Holy Spirit, we thank you for giving us articulation of our bodies that have uh, watched over us, the angels, and given us activity of our limbs, Lord God, that we will come out here on today to honor and worship you. We have given hours upon hours uh, to our jobs, but Lord, now is the time that we set aside to say, Lord, we need a refreshing and a refilling. Lord, we have to have our minds renewed to the things of God, Lord. It's nothing wrong. You gave Adam a command to tend to the garden. And Lord, it is commanded. It's not a curse to work. You gave, you gave Adam that command. So Lord, it's not a bad thing to work. But Lord, we give so much time, so much credence to punch that clock. Lord, what is a but a few hours that we would sacrifice and give to you to be refilled and be rejuvenated and hear a word from heaven? So, Lord, we want to take the time, even as I speak, Lord, I'm listening. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, the word that I even I heard during the week, listening to other speakers speak as I drive down the road and even in my home, that word I heard, but hearing comes by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I pray for every ear that hears, let it come into the ear gates and fall on fresh ground, Lord, that when it is planted, the word declares that some plant, some watered, but you, dear God, Give the increase. And Lord, I pray and believe that it's as it is planted, Lord, it shall bring forth a fruit and it shall bring forth a harvest in due season. And that the enemy shall not be able to pluck up what you have planted in the name of Jesus. So we thank you. We honor you. We thank you in advance for what you have already done from heaven in earth in jesus name amen so it has been um and everyone everyone keeps saying oh i've just had a busy week i've had a busy week so i'm not going to say it's going to be it's been a busy week but it has i just contradicted myself uh but we thank god for nevertheless um for everything that he's doing in my life uh, myself and Pastor Wendy's life, uh, and for your life. No matter how busy your week has been, you are still here. If you hear my voice, you are still here. Whether you've been up and been down, you are still here. So on the day, uh, we're going to be a slightly interactive, at least at times. And if you're at home, and I know you're listening, because I've seen you on Facebook, you got to do what I'm telling you to do, all right? All right. <laughs> I know some of y'all, we did a little exercise. I had you to stand up and sit down, and I'm going to be asking you. You got to be honest. All right. But repeat after me, um, or let's just say we're going to talk about today about control issues. All right. How many of you will admit at times you struggle with control issues? And think about that. Control issues. Control issues. Now, let's, let's use this scenario. 
a mother and her husband, they have three young sons, three young sons. So the boys come home from school and she asks her three sons, how did you do on your test today? One of the boys answers, mom, I aced it. The next son answers, mom, I knocked it out of the park. And the last son answers, I killed it. Hmm. So a little bit later on, all three of them, the mother and the three sons, pile in the car and they're going to the supermarket. They're sitting in there waiting patiently for a parking space to open up as this one car is about to back up. But before they can pull into the parking space, someone else jets in and pulls in and takes the parking space. The first son replies, oh, that was rude. The second son replies, they shouldn't have done that. The third son replies, I hate when people do that. Later on that evening, the mom bakes her famous triple layer chocolate cake, but she doesn't tell her sons what she's doing. But she jokingly asks them, and she knows they really love this chocolate cake. She jokingly pulls them aside and asks them, what's it worth to you to have a slice of my triple layer chocolate cake? The first son replies, I'll clean up my room and your room too. The second son replies, I'll do the laundry. The third son replies, it's to die for. The scripture I want to use is Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20, verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. And those who love it will eat of its fruit. Notice the two boys, two of the sons, gave neutral responses. But one says on his test, I killed it. Or I hate when people do that. Or it's to die for. Very serious words that he uses. But life and death are in the power of the tongue. I don't want you speaking those kind of words over me. I don't want to you speaking those kind of words over me. We always hear, I won't say always, but we often hear people say, I love you to death. Don't love me to death, please. Don't love me to death. I don't want you to love me that much. I love my wife dearly. But I, I don't love her to death. I love her until death do us part, but not to death. So this is a control issue. And what do I mean by a control issue? We are in control of our lives. God plans our lives and he has a destiny for our lives. But the control is within our reach. Life and death are in the power of our tongues. 
So how many of us are willing to admit we have some control issues? Do we have control issues? Do, you, do I have some? Yes, I have some control issues simply by the things that I say out of my mouth. So who's controlling your day? Who's controlling your destiny? You are. You control your destiny. God's saying, this is what I have planned for you. This is your path. If I could open up a book, if God were speaking and say, this is what I have planned for you. It's all mapped out. But because of the words you are speaking, this is never going to happen. It's not going to happen because you keep speaking negativity, Robert. And I'm not saying you, but you keep speaking negativity. Oh, that'll never happen. <laughs> no, not, not in this lifetime. But there are control issues that each of us go through simply because of life and death. Or should I say death and life are in the power of my tongue. I've asked many times because of the job that I work, I engage with a lot of people throughout the day. And I'll say, hey, oftentimes on a Friday, hey, have a good day. And they'll say, I can't wait until this day is over with. And then other people will say, and I'll ask them, hey, how's your day going? And they'll say, well, it's a good day so far. It's a good day so far. It's a good day so far, so what are you waiting for? <laughs> Who is it? What's that little character? The sky is falling. The sky is falling. You waiting for the sky to fall? So what's the so far part? Man, it's an hour until you get off of work. So what are you waiting for? Else? You waiting for something else bad to happen? So if we want better in our lives, we have a connection. We that believe in God, we that say that we are saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, and so on and so forth, according to the word of God, if we want better, ask God. Very familiar passage of scripture, Mark chapter 11, verse 24. And this is so powerful. This is so powerful. And this is the exercise that you at home, you that are watching on social media, you have to say this, and you have to put this into practice. I'm not God, but I'm telling you, you have to do this. Therefore, I say to you, and when I mean put this into practice, you need to put your name in this. Therefore, I say to you, and this is Jesus. Therefore, Jesus says unto you, whatsoever things you ask when you pray. Jesus is not praying for you. Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane before he was arrested. He's saying whatsoever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So guess what? So therefore, whatsoever things Robert asked, when Robert prays, then Robert believes that Robert receives, then Robert will have them. And you know something, I was just kind of going over my notes before service started, and Sister Holly was praying and setting the atmosphere. 
and I heard her testimony, and I wrote in my notes, this is the epitome of the faith walk. Because we cannot say, oh, I see that, and that's contrary. I see that, and that's contrary to what I'm asking God to do. And because I see it, well, let me put it like this. I'm asking God to heal my foot, and my foot still hurts. Therefore, it is not going to be healed. If your foot is not hurting anymore, then the Bible says, Romans 8 and 24, if, if, um, if, we, if we, and I can't remember how it says, and I'm paraphrasing, but if we already see it, then we don't need hope. If, if we already see it, we don't need hope. If we already see it, we don't need hope. But Sister Holly says in her prayer, she's saying, I, I believe in God, even though it hasn't come to pass yet. I'm believing that God is going to work the situation out. So she's saying, Jesus is saying to Sister Holly, so therefore, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you will receive them and you will have them. Sister Holly concerning this situation is not having a control issue because she believes that God is going to do it. And that's in every area of our lives. It concerns our health. It concerns our emotions. It concerns our finances. It concerns our families. It concerns our cars. Everything. God doesn't want us to say, well, you know, Lord, I turn this over to you. I turn this over. Oh, but God, I can handle this. But I'll turn all these other things over to you. No, everything. We need to give it over to God. So you go to the store and let's just say it's a large item that you need two people to help you and a pickup truck. So you get it and you get it up in the back of the truck and you bring it home. And you get it in your house, and then you realize after you get it out of the box, it's damaged. And then you wonder, was this broke before I got it out of the store, or did I happen to damage it on the way home? There may be some question. Anybody ever go through something like that? Maybe you bumped it or something happened? A valid question. But let me tell you this. When we go to God in prayer and something does not happen, if it doesn't come out the way you want it, the failure is never on God's part. The control issue is never on God's part. The breakdown is never on his end. The control issue is always on us. Let's look at us in a more simple manner. How many of us prayed and asked God, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I come before you, honoring you on today. Lord, you said that if I come to you, you would bring all things to my remembrance, whatsoever things I ask you. 
Lord, I'm asking you on this first day of August, in the year of our Lord, 2021, you remember what I wore to church last Sunday. Lord, I don't want to be a repeat offender because you know they are watching me. Lord, help me to remember what I wore last Sunday. So what should I wear today? How many of us prayed that prayer? No, God don't care what we wear to church. How many of us prayed and asked God what to eat for breakfast? How many of us asked God, what speed limit should I drive? Because we know we drove five over, ten over. Which lane should I get in, Lord? There are so many things that God is not (laughs) really concerned about. He is concerned, but God is not a micromanaging, babysitting God. He is concerned about us, our mental health, and our well-being, but God is watching over us, but he is not controlling us. He is not violating our will by saying, you you better move over. You better stop. You better. No, God isn't doing that. If you roll through a stop sign, God's like, I'll be in court with you. I'll be in court with you. But he's not watching over us like that. Psalms 37 and 23 tells us. And I said this, I alluded to this earlier. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he, God, delights in his way. God orders your steps, but if you don't follow God's orders, then that's on us. It's a control issue. God's ordering your steps, but you have to walk in God's orders. Although his eyes, the Psalms, I believe it's Proverbs Chapter 15 says his eyes are in every place. Yeah, God's watching us. But if you're doing like this, like, Lord, don't watch me. Don't watch what I'm about to do. He still sees past your hand. You can go behind the closet, behind the curtain. God still sees you. And even if you put your hands up, you can stand behind some titanium walls. God still sees our hearts. We can even ask God for more faith. Lord, renew my mind. But those are prayers for babes and unbelievers. We that say we know God and, oh, I've been walking with God since I was just a child. Well, let's get in his word and get in his face. And turn our hearts and give give him, or should I say, Take control of what God has given us control over. And I'm, and, and I'm saying that God has given us the reins. God has given us the reins and saying, look, I've given you the power. I've given you authority. And I'm getting ready to show you that. You've gone to the hospital and you're about to have surgery. And the surgeon walks in and says, Look, um, we're about to do a, a routine surgery. We've, we've done this so many times. Uh, as we said, we're going to use a local anesthesia. Uh, uh, anesthesia. Uh, am I using the right word? Uh, local. Anyway, you're not going to go completely under. Yeah, all right. We're going to knock you out, <laughs> a part of your body. Um, and, and we're going to have you in recovery, and then we're going to send you home in, in just a little while. You'll be home in a little while, all right? 
But rather than using human blood, we're actually going to use elephant blood, okay? Is that all right with you? You okay with that? Just need you to sign this release form. Are you okay with that? Probably not. The Bible tells us that the blood of bulls and goats was not sufficient. But God, in the right time, chose his only son. His only son. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11 and verse 12. It said, but Christ came as high priest, high priest of the good things to come with greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, talking about himself. That is not of this creation. Verse 12, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. With his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. So God is saying, I'm giving you the perfect sacrifice, Jesus Christ, and he's using his own blood. I'm turning the authority, the whole control issues over to you. It's good. As, as the Bible tells us, is there any sick among you? Let him call the elders. But there comes a time when we have to learn to take control. Going back to our root scripture, our root, our, um, our text is life or death and life are in the power of the tongue. Learn to take control. Learn to take control. Learn to speak life over your own self. We have been bought with a price, one that could not be duplicated. And since we've been bought with the same blood, likewise, we've been given the same authority. The same authority. Let me have that next slide. Anybody know what a power of attorney is? A power of attorney. The dictionary says it is the authority to act for another person in a specified or all legal or financial matters. Hebrews 10 and 26, I believe it is. Hebrews, uh, it's not up there. Hebrews 10 and 26 says, For if we sin willfully, there remains no more sacrifice for sin. Jesus is not going to die on the cross anymore. Likewise, Jesus is not going to come down here and perform any more miracles. So we have been given a power of attorney to go about doing good, to go about laying hands on the sick, and these signs shall follow them that believe. So there's no more control issues. We have the authority to do the things that Jesus did. To cast out demons in his name. The authority to act for another person. What other person are we acting for? We're acting in Jesus' name. In specified. I'm not just going out there just doing willy-nilly for Jesus. Or all legal 
or financial matters. And what financial matters, and, and I put those parentheses on there. That's not the way it came out of the dictionary or off the internet. Uh, I'm paying my tithes and offerings. That's the financial matter I'm doing in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all getting anything out of this? Amen. Amen. All right. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. Jesus is talking to his disciples. Now, this isn't the 12, but it says in verse 17, chapter 10, verse 17, it says, Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us, and they give credit where credit is due. The demons are subject to us in your name. Notice capitalized your in your name. Verse 18. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. So Jesus is warning them, don't get the big heads. Don't get the big head. Just because you saw some, de some, some demons cast out, all right, Satan fell real quick. But he goes on to say this. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, not physical uh, creatures on the earth. He's talking about spirits and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. It's a control issue. A control issue. God has given you the authority. God has given you the authority. He said, again, going back to Mark uh, 1124. Therefore, whatsoever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. I have given you authority. What's the control issue? God has put it on you. And you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Y'all understand that? But then there's a greater prize, a greater prize. Back to Luke chapter 10, verse 20. And thank you, audiovisual team. Y'all are spot on today. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this. That the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice that your names are written in heaven. He's like casting out demons here on earth. That's temporal. That's short lived. But the greater thing is that your names are written in heaven. That's a sidebar. That's a plus. But we should not. We should not just walk this earth and say, oh, I'm going to heaven. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to heaven. Faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. Read James chapter 2. Faith without works is dead. Worship is a daily thing. Worship is a daily thing. It's an attitude. Worship is not Sunday morning singing songs and raising our hands. Be on your guard. We cannot wait until the enemy attacks us to say, oh, Lord, I worship you. Lord, 
I'm just going to go read my Bible. I'm going to lay before you. I'm going to study my word. That is not the time to worship God. It has to be a daily thing. You know something? I'm a, I know it's 8 o'clock and my show is going to come on. That's why I'm going to DVR. I'm going to get in my word right now. Pastor Wendy and I, it's, it's every night, not Monday through Friday, not Saturday night before we go to church. Every night we play scriptures while we sleep. Every single night we play scriptures while we sleep. And, you know, I used to like go back and forth between Old Testament and New Testament. And she tells me she sleeps best when the Psalms are playing. So I don't squabble if it helps her to sleep better. But you do what works best for you, whatever, whatever scriptures work best for you. I played a joke on her one night. I turned the volume all the way up, and, I, and, it, and the man came up and said, and the book of Revelations. <laughs> I don't think we're going to sleep too good that night. But anyway, but we have to worship God. It is a lifestyle. Jeremiah says, I will keep in perfect peace those that keep their minds stay on me. Reading a Bible verse as you're walking out the door is not keeping your mind stayed on him. Keep your mind. If you have a control issue, we have to walk. And I say we. I'm not standing up here like I'm walking on water. If you have a car that has an automatic transmission, the gears change all by themselves. So when you're driving down the road and you get to the bottom of a hill, you don't have to think like the little engine that says, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. All you have to remember is the power is in the engine and the transmission will know which gear to go to. All you have to do is keep your foot on the gas. Just keep your foot on the gas. If you've been doing your maintenance, and that's the key, if you've been doing your maintenance, if you've been staying in God's face, you will get to the top of the hill. Yeah, the transmission, you're going to hear it maybe just downshift a little bit, but guess what? And you may not be going as fast as you were when you were on flat ground, but you will get to the top of the hill. And I'll close with this scripture. Therefore, and the word therefore is a transitional word. You need to go back and read the verses before. Because of the things I have said before, James, because of the things I've said before, submit yourselves. We can't just pull away from the devil. You can't just pull away from the devil. Therefore, submit to God. We have to submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. And the problem too many times, and I have learned this, and again, I'm not walking on water. Too many times, people who say, they believe, and I am not questioning anyone's salvation. I, Robert Spady, am not questioning anyone's salvation.
But too many times when we don't see God's power manifest in our lives is we need to look and see, are there any open doors? Is there someone in our lives that we have not forgiven? Are we saying, are we coming to God and saying, you know, Lord, I just got paid and let me break you off a piece. We're not honoring God with our tithe and our offerings. And the Bible clearly says return. And and I'm going to just say, I'll use this illustration I heard a pastor say. You take me to the airport in my car. And I'm like, yeah, you, you can take me in my car and drop me off. And when I get back from my trip, you say, and drop me off at my house, you say, you know something? I'm going to let you have your truck back. You're not giving me back my truck. It's my truck. And we feel like we're, we're, we're giving God back something. No, the tithe belongs to God. And I'm not, I'm not making this a message about, about money. I'm saying that it's about, it's a control issue. God wants to bless his people. God wants to bless us so much. But for the authority that God has given us, take it and run with it. Speak life over your situations. Don't look at what, don't look at situations and say it's not going to happen. Your brother, your cousin, your next door neighbor, your co-worker, they might be in the slumps today, but guess what? And I ain't talking about no scratch-off lotteries, but guess what? They could be the next entrepreneur next month. And I ain't talking about because they hit, hit, hit the lottery. But you never know what God will do. Pray without ceasing. And as I taught a few weeks ago or last week or whenever it was, Matthew 26 and 44 says that Jesus went back into the garden the third time and he prayed the third time and he used the same words. Keep praying for people because why? It's a control issue that we have to continue to pray. We have to continue to pray because if we're not praying for the world, who is? Lift people up. We are the intercessors. We are the intercessors for the world. I truly hope, I be, in fact, I don't hope, I believe, and I declare and decree that these words have been sown on fertile ground. Take control of your life. Take control of the destiny that God has for you. Take control No more accepting what the world gives you. Don't take hand-me-downs from the world. Accept God's best. And if you don't see it, ask God for it. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door shall be opened. Father, I thank you and I praise you for your glorious presence here on today. I thank you for those who have, who have tuned in and are watching and for those who will watch later on. 
You are marvelous. You are amazing. And you never cease in doing what you're doing. But what's even greater, Father, is really you have done everything. But it's for us to tap in to what you have already done. Even as the word declares, by your stripes, we are healed. Jesus has already paid the price for our healing. We just have to tap into it. Resources are already on the earth. We just have to pray and tap into those resources. The price for salvation has already been paid. We have to tap into salvation for our loved ones, for our family, for our co-workers. Thank you, Lord, for everyone. Be not weary in well-doing, for we shall reap if we faint not. If we faint not. It may not happen today. It may not happen next week. But we will, we will reap if we faint not. So we thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, seal this word in our hearts. And may the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our strength and redeemer, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. We love you. Hallelujah.